Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet. I'm Manny the Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors break your heart in probably the most heartbreaking way, um, finishing their season uh, with a 109 to 105 loss to the Chicago Bulls. Um, I, like, I got to say, this is like two minutes after the game has ended. So there's definitely like this raw and bitter feeling. Um, but I mean, for anybody who is watching this game or has summoned the courage to listen to this react pod afterwards, like, you know, exactly this sort of bottomless feeling. And I, I mean, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the Raptors shooting 18 of 36 from the foul line? The Raptors shot 18 of 36 from the free throw line. They missed 18 free throws in a game that they lost by one possession. Like, if that's not painful enough, I mean, it, it, it most of it seemed to come from Damar's daughter who was screaming <laughs> before, like, every single free throw. Like, it was actually the most painful thing in the arena. I, I mean, I, I understand that on the broadcast, which I didn't watch because I'm in here in the arena, that it was even worse on the broadcast just hearing <laughs> over and over again and the Raptors missing a million free throws because of it. I'm sorry for your, your headphones. I will not do that again. But uh, you'll probably hear that in your nightmares because that's how many free throws the Raptors missed. Or if you want to go with the fact that the Raptors were up by as much as 19 points, were up five after the first quarter, up 11 at halftime, built the lead to as many as 19 points in the third quarter, looked to be going well, looked to be smooth sailing in Toronto before one of many, how many fourth quarter disaster classes have we had in the Raptors this season, right? All the times that the Raptors have lost in the fourth quarter, I'm sure Billy Donovan made that very clear to his team. And, and credit to the Chicago Bulls. They showed a lot of resilience, a lot of fight. Those guys over there, they scrapped, they played hard, they dug deep, and they eventually got themselves over the top with a 37-24 to 24 fourth quarter. That's got to be like the 10th time the Raptors have lost by double digits in the fourth quarter. I mean, the free throws is a historic thing, right? The Raptors haven't even missed 13 free throws in a game before. So the fact that they've even missed 18 in one game is just absurd. The fact that they actually got a break from Chicago when the Raptors were down three um, Pascal going, to, you know, going up for a shot, draws a foul from Alex Caruso. They call the three-point foul. So he has a golden opportunity to go to the free-throw line and make three to tie. But, of course, how are you going to make three to tie when you're hearing that screaming in the background and also when the whole team is missing like that? Like, it's, it's just such a, like, such a bitter pill to swallow on this season. It really is. Because you can't watch this game and say, wow, the Raptors don't have enough talent to, to win a game. Or you can't say that the Raptors, you know, don't play well enough to win a game. They do that, and then they pull the rug from underneath you. And that's why you you feel the most disappointment possible watching the Raptors this season. This will go down as the most disappointing season in Raptors history. Like, I really can't remember another team in a version of the Raptors that had this type of players, that had this type of production, you know, and, and that consistently found ways to break your heart. I was joking about it before the season, right? Or, or during the season, you know, I was like, wow, what's how are the Raptors going to lose next, right? You had a game where, you know, D'Angelo Russell does a rip-through and you lose on a rip-through. By the way, that fourth quarter, the Raptors also lost by a huge margin, all right? Then another game where, you know, you know the Raptors got a break. Um, you know, they got a steal at half court down two, four on one fast break. And all of a sudden, Nick Nurse calls timeout to neuter his own team's fast break for a chance to tie. Then he wastes another challenge 
slash timeout on trying to challenge something that wasn't really allowed to be challenged. Then he blames the refs. They find ways to lose games, right? They find ways to lose these games. And, and that, to me, is just such a disappointing thing. This is the worst way to watch any like, like team. It really is. Because it's not like you watch it and you just say, this team is just absolute garbage. You might say in an emotional fit, yes, I want to throw away this team because of, you know they keep disappointing me. That's fine. But the reason they disappoint you is because they play well enough to get your expectations up and then they take it away. Where is that mental toughness to close out strong? Even though you're up 19 points, you know what got this whole thing started? Towards the end of the third quarter, Nick Nurse takes out um, both OG and you know Pascal. I don't know why. I mean, they're going to play the whole game anyway. Might as well just play them the whole you know, game, especially with your life on the line. But you take them out. All of a sudden, Zach Levine goes to the rim repeatedly for two layups. Then DeMar cuts in for a dunk, and all of a sudden, it's on. The Bulls get to the rim every single time. They beat you off the dribble, right? The, the Raptors, with their stupid defense where they're always pressing up on everybody, like, you know, just, just digging into people. They can be standing on the logo. They'd be digging at the people, and they'd be standing right out there. So why would they not blow past you? And then the help at the rim was just too late. Yaka Pertl, I'm sorry, but even the 37 minutes he played, too late on the rotations. And, of course, you can't expect Precious and Chris Boucher to do that, A, because they didn't play a lot, and B, because they don't really have the defensive instinct to rate, ro- rotate over. And C, you just got to give these guys credit. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are just pure scorers in that way. And even if they're not scoring in the ways that you typically expect them to do, right, Zach wasn't hitting the threes like he can, or DeMar wasn't hitting from the midrange. All these guys kept doing was cutting, 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 going to the basket, driving to the basket, and the Raptors just couldn't stop them. And they just couldn't stop them. Like, we want to we we trump up OG's defensive case. We want to talk about Vision 6-9 and all these guys being with the guard. Where was that defense tonight, right? Did you see that ability to contain the dribble penetration? Did you see guys in the gaps? Did you see them forcing guys to, to rotate out and shoot, hit the threes? I mean, credit to the Bulls. They, they did hit the threes when it mattered. But, like, ultimately, that's what should have been happening. Zach should have been forced to get rid of the ball instead of shooting 22 times and getting to the foul line 15 times. Also, the whistle completely changed in the second half. But I don't want to even blame it on that, right? But, like, these guys needed to get rid of the ball, and the Raptors needed to force the other guys to hit threes. Nobody on the Bulls hit more than two threes tonight, right? And so where was that defensive awareness? Where was that togetherness? Offensively, okay, look, the Raptors, you know, slowed down. But, like, ultimately, it wasn't necessarily their offense that even struggled that much. It was just the free throw shooting. If the Raptors hit a normal amount of free throws, which based on their season averages, I mean, I don't know what they're shooting like. Let's say, like, 75%, okay? You take 75% of 36 free throws, you make uh, 27 free throws, right? That's another nine points in this game. Of course, it doesn't work like that. But at the same time, like, I would say the process of their offense got good results. They just missed those free throws. So that left the door open, and then Chicago really took over with, with the drives. But, like, I just it, – it's, it's just unbelievable. Like, it's, it's unbelievable the ways the Raptors can just absolutely get themselves into these spots where they look like they're okay, and then the bottom falls out. Like, that's the worst part about watching this whole season is just seeing that over and over and over again. The Raptors used to be a team that made comebacks – that made historic comebacks, you know, and now you think back on it, the Raptors this season all year has been about collapsing in the fourth quarter. And you might say, well, some of that is because, you know, Nick Nurse overplayed his starters. I wouldn't blame Nick on that. Trust me, I'm going to be very happy to blame Nick. We're about to hear a lot of things about Nick Nurse in the weeks coming up, especially after the season's over now. But, I mean, what do you expect? What, what, What guys off the bench were contributing, right? Like, look, it's not like Chicago has a good bench, but guess what? Colby White, 
gave them some offense in the first half, right? Had nine points, five assists, right? You know, even Patrick Williams coming off the bench, you know, with some disruptiveness was, was, was fine, was solid, right? The Raptors bench, we got six points from Precious Achua, who got some hustle baskets and, like, some putbacks and all that kind of stuff. And I, honestly, I, I don't blame him. Everybody else who came off the bench, which was only three other guys, nothing. Gary Trent Jr., 17 minutes, one for seven. And now, like one of the most invisible games you could ever see, right? I, I like Gary. You know, I've, I've interviewed him. I've interviewed his dad. I really, really enjoy talking to these people. I like them as people. But as performers in this game for Gary, like, just absolutely nothing. Like, it's not like Colby White is this phenomenal player. Like, credit to him. But, like, you're not going against, like, Mono Ginobili coming off the bench or James Harden coming off the bench, right? This is just like a regular guy coming off the bench on the other side. And the Bulls were so smart about this. They went at Gary Trent Jr. in every single opportunity, right? As soon as Gary came into the game, what did DeMar do? Bring a screen over, get the switch, and then attack and attack Gary. And Gary gave up so many chances defensively, was late on closing out to threes, was just so bad defensively. And then offensively, nothing. Like, the Raptors even subbed in Gary at the end of the game. If you, if you imagine this, the Raptors actually went small with their season on the line. Nick Nurse took Jacoperto out, put Gary Trent Jr. in. And Woodham, you know what? The Raptors are able to drive, get draw a crowd. And I think Pascal drew two, kick out to the wing, one more pass into the corner. Gary is wide open for three. Of course, there's a closeout coming to him because, you know, we're, we're, this is a game on the line scenario, season on the line scenario. But Gary is as wide open from the corner as you could possibly be in a two-point game. Bricks it. He goes two points in 17 minutes, one of seven, 0 for 5, with horrible defense. And Chris Boucher, not trusted to do anything in this game. Seven minutes, one rebound, doesn't have a single bit of impact. Late on the closeouts, late on the rotations at the basket, no impact. And so the Raptors ride their starters, and ultimately they weren't able to get it done. They weren't able to get it done. And there were missed opportunities there. OG blocked at the rim by Patrick Beverly. OG going three of eight from the foul line. OG with wide open threes going two of seven from three. Right? You know, and, and it, it, it's across the board. Fred walks, runs up the floor. The Raptors were down three, you know, with, with a, a minute plus left. And then Fred, after the Raptors get a rare miss from Zach Levine pulling up, the Raptors get the rebound. Fred walks up and just runs up and pulls up for three. When has that worked this season? When has that worked? This well, Name one time Fred in the, in the crunch time this season running up the floor with one of those YOLO threes. That worked last year. This year, that has not gone down. Fred did a lot of good things in this game, but that was a horrible shot in a moment like that. And what does that tell you? It's not being aggressive. It's not finding, you know, being opportunistic. It's not making the read. It's not early offense is your best offense. That's not trusting your teammates. A wide open, like, that's, it wasn't even open. The guy just ran down and pulled up for three. Like, that's not how the Raptors were in the advantage in this game anyway. That's not how Fred was hitting his threes in this game anyway. Fred was hitting his threes off of post-up, kick-out, catch-and-shoot three, or when he attacks, gets a switch on the Vucevic, you know, dribble, dribble, dribble around, and then get some shots off, right? That was not the way to do it, right? And then Scotty Barnes. This guy had an opportunity to attack DeMar DeRozan one-on-one. First time, you know, I forget what he, had, what he did, but he went into the lane. He probably made the shot, I think. The second time down, he sees DeMar in the corner, and he passes it out. Like, why? Just attack. Like, how much can the whole franchise, how much can everybody on the team, from the teammates to the coaches, they're all on record being like, we want Scotty to be as aggressive as possible. We want him to attack. We are always in his ear to attack. And you've seen DeMar DeRozan, a guy who he scored on repeatedly in this game, he sees him one-on-one and he just passes it out. 
That's not, a, that's not an ability thing. You can't blame that on the other teammates. I don't want to hear about this agendas. I don't even want to hear about Nick's involvement in this. That's on Scotty. That's a mentality thing he's got to grow out of. He's got to attack in these scenarios. Right? No aptitude to do that. You know, and, you know, ultimately you come into a game and, like, I guess the Raptors aren't that much better than the Bulls. Um, you know, because when you look across the board, Zach was clearly the best player on the floor in terms of offense. Like, there was not even, not even close. Zach just took over and, and blew by the Raptors going to the basket over and over and over and over again. The guy got shot 15 free throws. Right? So there's that aspect. But at the same time, like, the Raptors had advantages that they could press, and they just didn't do it. And, like, some of it even goes beyond this sort of, like, you know, diagnostic um, breakdown. Like, it's not even necessarily about the plays or the lineups or the minutes or, you know, the specific rotations at certain times. Like, how do you even explain this? The fact that they hit the miss 18 free throws in a game that was a one possession game, even if the, even if Chicago made a hard push, which obviously you expect them to do with their, with their, with their lives on the line, right? Obviously they're going to make a hard push, but if the Raptors just even made a reasonable amount of their free throws, they actually just win this game or they just sustain this or the bulls gas out or the bulls see the, the, the deficit is too big and they can't fully get over the top. They didn't do that. And I mean, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. Like, it really is unbelievable that the Raptors are in this position. I, I, I can't believe I'm here saying this. And this is the thing. It's like, is it a character thing? Because if it's a character thing, that's not necessarily just like you change the coach and all of a sudden these guys all take on a different character. Like, you know, like you might have to swap out people just, just on that alone. But on skill sets and on paper, like, you could see how it worked. It worked for like three quarters. But what is it about the Raptors in the fourth quarter where they just completely fold like this? How many segments have we done that on the Raptors show? Why did the Raptors struggle in the fourth quarter? And we broke it down. And then we, we, we went line by line and looked at all of this. And, of course, in the playing game, that's exactly what happens. It, it, it's just kind of unbelievable. It, it just – it's just an awful feeling. And, of course, like when the other team has momentum, right, the Raptors didn't make some of those hustle plays even, right? Like, you know, it, 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 very late in the game – Patrick Beverly, you know, the Raptors force a miss and uh, Patrick Beverly is able to out jump other people to get to the rebound. And of course, the referees called a foul on that. Nick Nurse uses his one challenge on a play that ultimately didn't even matter. Like the Raptors, here's the thing. So it was was a missed shot. Patrick Beverly jumps over Fred's back, gets the rebound and Fred ties him up. Patrick Beverly rips it away from him, falls to the ground um, and the referees call loose ball foul. Here's the thing. The Raptors were not... um, had a foul to give so there was no reason to like erase it based on that and of course after the review they said okay there was no foul but however chicago has the ball so the end result is just chicago has the ball so you've now wasted your challenge which could have been very useful when 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 demar Derozan drove um and and got a very dubious light call against oj Anobi, or when zach levine drove and got a light call at the rim like obviously it's hindsight but those two were much more impactful again like that play, the, the, okay, the reason I have an issue with that challenge by Nick Nurse in that, in that scenario is, first off, you have to think about your expected value on, on a challenge, right? Even if you win that challenge, the best case scenario you can have is Patrick Beverly jumping against Fred Van Vliet at half court for a jump ball. Like, or, or, or I'm not even sure. Maybe you're allowed to have any two people jump for it. If it is any two people jumping for it, then it'll probably be Vucevic versus Yak. Either way... 
at best, it's a 50-50 chance of getting possession out. And that's at best, right? Because otherwise, the, you know, the, the ruling is all you did was erase a foul off of Fred. And all, all of a sudden, you give Patrick Beverly still that chance to get that possession just with, with another foul to give, which didn't even matter in this case because you were down. You don't want to have fouls to give when you're down. So, I, 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 man, just so many things just didn't pan out. Just so many things didn't pan out late. And again, you got to give the Bulls a lot of credit. Like they they played hard. Their guards went and slashed. I think that's the one area for the Raptors is like you don't just don't see that downhill pressure. Pascal is able to do it to some degree, but he did a lot of his damage from the mid range. But like guys getting to the rim and finishing, like the Raptors weren't good at that tonight. Like they just weren't. They don't have that burst from a guy on the perimeter get a screen and just turn downhill and just explode at the rim. Pascal did it a couple times, including a, a hammer dunk. This this game was not on Pascal. The, the two missed free throws at the end were on Pascal. There's no doubt. But this game was not on Pascal. Pascal played amazing in this game. And he carried the offense for so much of it. But, like, when you look at the, across the board, the Bulls, what their guards, not not this, the Bulls are not a Vision 6-9 team. They don't have all these forwards. They have guys who are there. They have guards who can create offense. And, like, that stuff matters. Like, that's that's the thing that when you watch the Raptors and the way they built this team, you do wonder, like, do you value guard play? Because, like, you even got a good game from Fred tonight, but you still got severely outplayed at guard with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan having 23 points and 39 points, respectively. Right? And the Raptors don't have that kind of tri- dribble penetration style of offense where you're able to really, really capitalize and, and, and put pressure and, and get a good shot at any point. Right? It, it's, I mean, like... Gary Trent and Will Barton come off the bench. Like, they couldn't even outplay Colby White, who did a better job of dribble penetrating. So that is such a glaring weakness in the Raptors' offense. Um, but even that, like, the Raptors were able to at least impose themselves in the post and attack on the closeouts. I mean, look, the, the Raptors did do stuff well. And maybe in a, in a different time I can reflect on it and talk about some of that. But really, it's so hard not to just think about the stuff that they did wrong. And, yeah, I mean... I, I suppose when you look at the whole totality of the season, like this is the ending they deserve. They didn't deserve that last chance of like, okay, we have the we 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 disappointed this season, but we have this play in, and we can just escape through it and get to the playoffs and make it a tough out or whatever. Like they didn't deserve that. Like this is a game where all the Raptors' faults caught up to them. And of course, you could say bad luck. You could say that that screaming is going to be in your nightmares forever. We're going to be seeing that meme of Demar's daughter yelling um, over and over again. And it seemed to, and, and this is how you know it was effective. It worked on everybody. Good free throws, bad free throw shooters, all those guys were affected. Fred Van Vliet, who's like a 90% free throw shooter, goes three of six from the foul line. You know, OJ Anobi, who's a very good free throw shooter, goes three of eight. Pascal, five of 11. Scotty, four of seven. Those guys are all below their averages. Um, yeah. This is I, I, this is really the ending they deserve, though. It really is, and um, I'm sure the front office is not going to be, take such an emotional look at it. But I do feel like over and over again, when you see this happen, you know, this is not a one-game sample of oh the Raptors got unlucky in this one. I'm sure, ba- you know, you, bad luck factors in, but you create your own bad luck with your own bad play, and you know you have to think about the character of the, some of the players when when you when you see these collapses over and over again, because. That's a huge problem. Like, if the Raptors were just able to play decent fourth-quarter basketball this season, they wouldn't even be in the play-in. They'd be in the playoffs. But, unfortunately, this is what happens, and, and they get stung again. I, 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 I don't know, man. Um, it's going to be a long offseason. I'm very interested to see 
what the changes are. Um, I, I, there will be lots of um, calls for changes. And, and my point about the front office is like, they're not going to be too emotional about this. But at the same time, like you need to actually cut to the root of the problem, right? What is it about this group? What is it about this group that they collapse in the fourth quarter and over and over again? Like they actually played good team basketball. They moved it around. They did, they did well. Pascal had his advantages. He did well in those. The Raptors, you know, handled the Bulls' pressure. You know, they, they, they were running their defensive scheme well for the first, part, for the, for the first like, three quarters of the game. And all of a sudden, you know, late in the third quarter, and again, that's when it started, when Nick Nurse went to that smaller lineup, tried to sneak in a couple minutes for his bench, and Levine was just bursting to the rim over and over and over and over and over again. Where was your defense? This is a team built on defense. And late in the game, you did not feel like the Raptors could get stops. And it wasn't just the Bulls were hitting some shots. Like, yeah, Zach made, like, two pull-up threes, I think, or two pull-up jumpers, but, like, that's normal. He's very good, right? I think the Raptors are so deprived of guard play. That feels like a, a completely alien concept that someone could just pull up and hit a shot. But, like, you know, you you just weren't able to collect those. And, um, and, and but, like, yeah, you the, the bigger issue is you just weren't able to, you know, protect the paint. And after the whole game of the Raptors being able to protect the paint, where did that go? Why do they lose their heads? Yeah, I I don't know. I'm just just watching them, you know, wrap up the court here and seeing people take photos and it's the end of the season. And, you know, um, you know, I'm seeing Thad's kids get extra shots up end of the season. Didn't see Thad at all in this game, honestly, off the bench. I was even saying this before the game to a couple people, like, why not bring Thad into the game? I don't know how much it would have changed, but I do feel like a calm presence is not not what you ultimately needed in some of these times, right? Like, that would have been helpful. Didn't see him, you know? And it's just one of many mysteries. Why did he get brought in? Why did he get benched? You know, why did they keep playing him at center when it was clearly that he was, that was not his best spot? Why not just play him a forward, right? You know, where was... I don't, I don't even know. That's the hardest part about the season. If it was like one clear-cut thing, it's like you point to that, you cut him out, and you, you just finish it. Um, but it's not like that. It really isn't. And um, that's, that's where the front office really has to, to do their homework, really dig in, see all the dynamics, and make the decisions. But to me, if I had to guess, Nick is gone. And we'll start with that, first and foremost. Um, that is a very, very important change. That will take place. You you take that and then you move forward. You see which players you want to take in and out. Like Gary, for example. I know he had good moments this season. He had good moments last season. He had more good moments last season. But like in the two playoffs here, has Gary or not even two playoffs? This wasn't even a playoff. This is a play-in, right? You take this play-in and compare it and include it with last year's Sixers series. Has Gary done enough for you, right? Like, would you would you even be happy if Gary pulled like picked up his player option, which he's probably not going to do? But would you be happy if he exercised his player option and came back? Like, why did he fall so badly out of the rotation? Why did why are his lows absolutely so low? Right? You look at Fred. I mean, like, yes, you need the good version of Fred, which is catching and shooting for threes, which is driving and kicking, even the rebounding tonight. He had twelve rebounds, right? But like, the the, the propensity to, to 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 take those you know yolo shots. Um, the fact that the three-point shooting does come in and out, right, the inconsistency there, and, of course, you're also getting a guard who's not able to get downhill and score at the rim. Like, you know, is there, there, is there an upgrade that, that needs to be made there? Because, again, I'm looking across the other side. DeMar drives and, and finishes at the rim. 
Zach drives and finishes at the rim. Alex Caruso, he can't hit the three at all, except for one late in the game, which was huge. But he drives in and, and finishes at the rim. Like, I'm just seeing that over and over again, right? Even you brought in Yak. Okay, so, you know, I didn't think Yak played well tonight. Five turnovers for him, which is just, just an absurd number. I, I, how do you even have the ball enough to have five turnovers? But also, like, you know, I didn't think his physicality was there to match against Vooch. Right. And, and Vooch scored over in the post. Of course, the Raptors could have been better in terms of bringing over the help. But like, damn, like if, if I'm bringing in a center long term, can you at least be better than Nick Vucevic? Like, it's not like like I'm not saying Vucevic is a bad player by any means. He's not. But like I, when I'm thinking about the top 10 centers in the league, I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe I'll get to Vucevic at the end of that. But to be honest, you would have liked to see a better performance. The Raptors lost the center matchup tonight. Right. And then Scotty, the aptitude to take over. Like, that just needs to be bigger. This is not the Raptors froze him out of the offense or they don't give him the ball. He gets matchups and he just looks away. And, like, I'm sure with a younger guy, you, you have to sort of let him learn and grow and it's his own timeline and you're sort of at the mercy of that. But, like, it needs to hum. It needs to happen. And there needs to be some level of accountability on that front as well. OJ Anobi, yes, he wants to step up on offense. 4-13, 2-0-7, 3-of-8 from the foul line. Right, ill-advised drives, gets stripped. You know, a couple times he takes too long the basket, gets blocked. You know, the catch and shoot, he's wide open for a lot of these threes and he missed them. Right, and then of course the foul, the free throws, whatever. Just it's a screaming, right? But like, the defense was it there? I don't know. Like, I mean, it's good. Like honestly, his defense is good. There's no doubt about that. I'm really not going to question that. But good, great offense is going to beat good defense every single time. Great offense is going to beat great defense every single time. So you got to make a decision there. And then, with, look, with Pascal, I know people are going to, like, point to the free throws. It's a huge thing. I get it. But, like, you cannot be fair and look at this game and say Pascal wasn't just, like, by far the best player on the Raptors, willing them forward, driving them forward, setting up offense. Even the six assists is misleading. The number of times he was able to make the hockey pass out of the double team with the extra swing into the corner for the next play. That was so much of the Raptors' offense. He created the Raptors' best offense. The Bulls cycled through all sorts of defenders against him. Pascal scored on those guys, took a strong to the basket, dunked it at the end there. Like, this isn't Pascal folded in the fourth quarter or anything like that. If anything, I thought the Raptors should have went to him even more. Defensively, he was competing as well. This wasn't on Pascal. The one, the one guy I come out of this game with, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, 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 I'm most okay with Pascal. I understand there's a lot of frustration. I'm feeling a ton of frustration, as you can tell in this, in this voice. But Pascal's the one guy I feel okay about. And when you think back on the whole season, Pascal's the one guy I feel okay about. It's okay to doubt a guy. It's okay that he's not like a top five player like he wanted to be at the start of the season. It's, it's okay that he had dips and all that kind of stuff. Over the balance of the season, who played the hardest, who consistently brought every single night, who clearly has the most ability to create both for himself and his for his teammates is Pascal. And honestly, if the rest of the team had Pascal's work ethic and, and the dedication to, to improving year after year after year after year, we'd be in a lot better place. But let's be honest, part of the reason development isn't linear is because they don't all work like Pascal. Trust me on that. So I'm okay with Pascal. And I, but the, the decisions around it, just, I mean, man, I mean, it's, it's going to be an evaluation process. And it's going to be locker room cleanouts tomorrow. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot of sad interviews um, there's going to be a lot of heat on the front office. There should be. There's going to be a lot of heat on the head coach. I'm even wondering if Nick even makes it to 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 that uh, press conference in the first place. Or is he going to be in a position where he's in front of media and had to face questions about all this kind of stuff? Um, yeah.
Yeah. Like it's it's gonna be a whole summer of this, but for now it's 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 the it's the most miserable season ending in the most miserable way. And I'm not saying miserable like the Raptors haven't had less talent. I'm not saying miserable in the sense that the Raptors haven't lost more games. Absolutely they have. But in terms of how much talent relative to how much production you saw, just disappointing, man. You gotta be good to be disappointed in the first place. And I, I maintain the Raptors are good, but they're also just spectacularly bad, especially in the fourth quarter. So your three stars from tonight's performance, um, Pascal, number one, 32 points, nine rebounds, six assists, a steal, 13 of 22 from the field, one of three from three, five of 11 from the foul line. Obviously, the free throws need to be better, but I don't know. He was he was great. He, he really was. I, I don't want to hear any, any slander for Pascal outside of missing those free throws. He, that's not being fair. It really isn't. He's been your best player all season. He's worked hard like that. He's pushed forward. You know, it's pretty clear to me what, what, what they should do with Pascal. Um, your second star, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Fred, I guess. Fred, 26 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, a block, uh, 8 of 22 from the field, 7 of 13 from 3. Obviously, that was a big part. So that means he went 1 of 9 on 2s? Oh, brother. One of nine from two. All right. Well, at least the threes were good. That's what ultimately you need. That's the part I didn't like in this game was in the first half, the Raptors were driving, and there was a very, very, very tight whistle. Second half was a very loose whistle, and I suppose I had that backwards. First half, they weren't calling anything on drives. Second half, they were calling everything on drives. Um, and Fred did take a lot of drives in the first half where they just went nowhere, and I think he was trying to get the call, and they didn't give it to him. Um, so, again... The Raptors need to find a, a position where they're able to bring in offensive talent that is so that that, that like is on level with Pascal, if not better than Pascal. Knock Pascal to being a two or being a one B on offense, and, and knock Fred most importantly to being a three. Fred has a two right now, catching a shooter from three. That's that's great, and that's ultimately what they want from him. And of course, that's going to go up and down, but that's something he can succeed at. Tonight, he did a great job with that. Everything else on offense. You know, he could run the show. Sure. Okay. So there's some pick and rolls and the assists are good. But like the one he has to create and when he has to score, that's when the limitations are really clear. And it's been like that for a long time. How do you get that third person? I don't really know. Either Scotty steps into it and, and grows into it and really becomes what we hype him up to be. Or would the Raptors need to find a way to acquire that third player? But as, as in the current construct, if they want to stick with it, which I do think they do, that's, that's, that's the end point that you're going to get stuck with all the time. But, I mean, Fred competed, and, yeah, I mean, 26-12-8 and eight is pretty damn good. Um, your third star, I'll give it to Scotty. Uh, and it's not to say Scotty isn't good. Of course he's good. You look at all the opportunities to make here, six offensive rebounds, the hustle, 19-10 and 10 with two assists and, and two steals and a block, hit a three, four of seven from the foul line, seven of 13. Like, he was active around the glass. He was cutting. He made smart moves. He was able to, you know, dominate in the post okay, occasionally and one-on-one when he decided to attack it. Like, those are good things. Um, those are good things, but I do want to see him be more aggressive. Like, I really, really want to see Scotty empty the clip, so to speak. And the, in, even that stretch in the third quarter towards the end of it, when the Raptors were letting the Zach Levine drive start to, to, to pop off, you know, their offense also dried up because it was like Fred and just only Fred was looking to attack and, and try to create something. And Scotty was out there with them. Like, I wouldn't have minded if Scotty took that initiative to attack and drive and attack and drive and you know, Fred can kick a catch and shoot for three. But until the aptitude comes to that point, we're going to get these results. So, but I mean, Scotty still played great though. 19 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block. Like I'm not unhappy with his performance by any means, but 
Um, I, I do think there's another level he can reach. And if, if that's that's the level of excitement we have for the player, then I want to see that reflected in the results too. Um, your, your Jared Henderson award winner, I'm not even kidding when I say this, man. Like, it, it, it's not anyone else. It is literally DeMar's daughter. DR DeRozan is genuinely getting the DeMar, the, the Jared Henderson award. That screaming, it got into everyone's heads. It became a huge storyline. We saw it on the broadcast. We heard it on the broadcast. You heard it in the arena. And this is something I actually don't like with Herbie Kuhn in terms of his approach towards calling the game management. And I've said this before, so I'm not just saying this now because obviously this free throw shooting was a problem now. But the Pascal Siakam's going to the free throw line, shooting too. Like, the, 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 isn't it, wouldn't it be eerie to you if the whole game there was like a cacophony of music and loud noises and fans cheering and all that stuff? And when you go to the free throw line and you need to focus, the whole place goes silent? Is that not weird? I've always thought that was weird. And, of course, that silence really allowed the screaming and the screeching to be even more jarring than usual. So I, I really do think that, like, I mean, I don't know, man. But and just in the future, just, like, let fans just make noise. I, I mean, it feels like it feels a lot more comfortable than just, like, all of a sudden everyone going dead quiet on the free throws. Ultimately, the players got to make the foul shots. There's no doubt. But I, I do think that, like, that usual tactic where Herbie will shush the crowd, um, really made it even more opportune for her to scream. But honestly, her screaming was a genuine thing. And yeah, the Raptors shooting 18 of 36 on the foul line. What a horrible way to end the season. But that's what they deserve. That's really what they deserve. So they, they played well enough to win, but they found ways to lose. And um, that's the Toronto Raptors. When, when we put the tombstone on the 2022-2023 Raptors, it'll say they found ways to lose and they found a way to die in the playing. And so, congratulations to the Bulls, um, you know, and uh, yeah. So, thanks everyone for listening to the Reaction Podcast over the course of the year. We've done a lot of these. Obviously, we've done 83 of these in the regular season. We've done some in the preseason as well. Um, yeah, just thanks for sticking with it. I mean, like, I understand that it's been a miserable year. I understand that sometimes I've really come on here and just been super emotional and some games I've been angry or some games have been very happy. And, and that that's the whole idea of the reaction podcast, right? I, I heard some people being like, well, you know, Will's just like too up emotional or too up and down. Like, that's the whole point of the reaction podcast. Like, yes, I'm going to do my very best to try to break it down and show you some trends or, you know, in my limited view of what I see from basketball tactics, try to communicate those along and pass along news notes and small observations from the game. But ultimately, like what I'm here to do is to sort of write it up and down. You can tell that I feel this as a fan. Like, at one point, when the Bulls started shooting free throws, I started screeching myself from the 600 level, man. Like, I'm insane about this. I, I, I care about this very, very deeply. Um, so I appreciate that, you know, uh, everyone has followed along and listened to the Reaction Podcast. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been a bumpy ride, and obviously we're, we're here with a very, very empty feeling. But um, for me, I, 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 I do already start to feel that empty feeling and that emptiness being filled with gratitude because like, again, like this is, this is what I've done for a very long time. And now it's become a career and, and um, you know, it's never lost on me the opportunity that I'm getting here um, to do it on the biggest stage. So I, I do really, really from the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone who made this possible and everyone who listened to it. Shouts to producer JR, who's right beside me in the booth. I know he's heartbroken um, at this game too. Um, salute to JR always, you know, staying up and uploading all of these and, you know, making the sound as good as possible. Um, you know, that's, that's basically it, actually. The, the React Pod is a two-man team, so I, it's not like I have a long list of people to thank here, but, um, 
yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's been a miserable year, but you know, um, I will miss it. I really will miss it, and uh, I'm gonna try my very best to enjoy the rest of the NBA playoffs. I'm really looking forward to what the playoffs are gonna look like this year. Of course, we're gonna have continued coverage on the Raptors show throughout. Uh, I think through the NBA Finals, really. Um, we'll still be on air and we'll still cover everything until at least in the middle of May, but uh, we'll see the firm plans. Again, those are not top of mind for me right now. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll still have tons of coverage, but uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to all our guests for coming on. And uh, it's too bad. It really is too bad, but the Raptors lose. And uh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast and tune in tomorrow for all the, the pieces. There's going to be a lot of movement with the Raptors. So stay tuned. Thank you.